my my parents gave me the name Fitzgerald because my mother's family she has all sisters and so they're all they're all losing the Fitzgeralds in the family that leg of the Fitzgeralds was going 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 gone and when I was born she asked my dad do you mind if I name him uh, 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 if we name him after you know my family name instead of Rodriguez and my dad being a totally chill dude was like sure why not that was journalist and native San Franciscan Joe Fitzgerald Rodriguez I'm Jeff Welcome to Storied San Francisco, a weekly podcast where San Franciscans from all walks of life share their stories, and you get to know your neighbors. In this podcast, Joe traces his family's story back to a chance meeting between his mom and his uncle down in Los Angeles. The two hitchhiked back to his uncle's home in San Francisco, where Joe's mom met his dad, and the rest is history. Joe shares stories of how he came into journalism as a middle school student. He takes us through his high school days, when he detoured into filmmaking, and his time at City College, where he rediscovered his love of reporting. Here's Joe. My dad, Joe Bill Rodriguez, um, so we're both Joes, although I'm not a junior because I'm a Fitzgerald. Um, <laughs> my, my dad, um, you know, uh, a bit of a pothead, bit of a punk kid, uh, a drummer, um, uh, struggling to graduate high school at Galileo, um, right by Fisherman's Wharf. Um, uh, he, he's best friends with his uh, with one of his brothers, uh, Carlos. Um, and uh, Carlos was just a partier, man. Carlos, his older brother, um, everywhere. And Carlos is down in Los Angeles. And Carlos is married. Um, but he meets a really cool super fun gal who he gets totally stoned with um, named Joy uh, Fitzgerald, who's uh, 18, just escaped from Massachusetts. Her parents are, um, don't understand her, don't get her. She wants to get the hell out of the East Coast entirely. They're, you know, they're not supporting her education or her as a person. They're getting ready for her to be married or something. Right? Mm-hmm. So she, here she is escaping this kind of, patriarchal um whole deal and as soon as she's in los angeles partying hardying um <laughs> it meets carlos carlos says hey you seem like a gal that would really like my brother joe you should come up with me to san francisco let's let's get you two kids hanging out and they hitchhike up uh <laughs> to back to san francisco because neither of them has a car or money enough really for <laughs> <laughs> for awesome. a plane and i think at one point the way my mom tells it if i remember correctly um a truck from uh uh what's the bagel shop on geary right by park presidio the holy um, bagel yes um yes uh a truck i'm like uh, uh, i always see it driving joe i can't i'm gonna keep my eyes on the road come on <laughs> that one at one leg of their journey closer to the city holy bagel a holy bagel truck helped them in so <laughs> wow I, I i always patronize holy bagel and i just think of that every time i don't want to tell them the story every time because i don't want to bore them to tears but i'm like i have holy bagel to thank partially for my existence <laughs> That's and That's um awesome. Yeah, she meets my dad and they hit it off. He's still in high school. She's kind of graduated, but they were together Wait, she's older? ever since. She's she a little a... older, yeah. Okay. A older. Yeah, okay. By like, like, 
maybe she was 19 actually now that I think about it she might have been 19 and he was 18 or maybe okay. she's 18 and he's 17 but they okay. met and they never separated and they were together okay. until the day my dad died in 1996. How long had your mom and Carlos known each other before they decided? To... Yeah not the hell long at all and Carlos your mom a had a charismatic guy right and persuasive um yes come to san francisco and she's like i don't know anybody in california okay exactly but i mean without knowing your mom she had already uprooted herself away from her family so like what's another few hundred miles up the road right yeah there is that there is totally that yeah. i think my i think i wonder if that point if my grandfather and grandmother were managing a building in san francisco on market street i know they did oh. later in life so if they did i bet you like kind of like haggling over hey my my parents might have a place for you to stay with good rent might have been a part of it right i think about it some safety and some security in crazy san francisco in um, crazy san francisco can you believe this my dad at one point and i don't know what point exactly this was in his 20s i believe was a barista who's just you know making slinging coffee at some cafe in the mission and he was a drummer and he lived on 18th street right by dolores park right like like mid like kind of on the way to by right like he lived right over there like, i bet it was still a little slummy then right it is absolutely crazy? not now and hasn't been for a while but like <laughs> mark zuckerberg lives on the other side of the park now exactly <laughs> wow well let's um actually let's that's a good point so uh your dad and you said his parents owned some probably so how long has they your man, dad's family managed. or managed sorry yeah. how long has his family been in my grandfather moved so my dad had um Carlos, Frankie, Tommy, three brothers, um, three older brothers. And just before my dad was born, or I'm sorry, my dad, just after my dad was born, my dad was born in Puerto Rico, mm. um, like literally like a week or two after my dad was born, they won some sort of sweepstakes. Mm. I, I've only ever heard it described as the sweep. I don't know if it was like a ticket at a liquor store or a, a raffle or a box top they put in. They won some tens of thousands of dollars in some sort of sweepstakes and they okay. use the money to uproot the entire family and go you know what we're moving to california and they wow. moved to Reseda. okay and i love that they moved to Reseda because i love the karate kid and that yeah. karate kid is from <laughs> i just made my brother watch the first two karate kid movies with me he had never seen them i feel like a failure but, brother. um but, but um so and and so my dad is in Reseda. He's like less than a month old. And my grandmother, who is just a little nutty, accuses my grandfather of cheating on her. Okay. No way. Frank Rodriguez, I'm leaving you. I'm leaving you. Wow. She couldn't speak English at all. She always had this weird accent. And um, she's from Aruba. And uh, she pulls my dad and just takes my dad, not, not any of the other brothers, takes my dad, goes up to San Francisco to stay with a friend, and my grandfather, Frank Rodriguez, uh, who basically raised me when my dad died, my grandfather, Frank, chased her up to San Francisco where they stayed, and so I can't say my, gra my dad was born and raised in SF. He was only raised in SF since he was about a month old. Um, wow. and, uh, <laughs> and if it wasn't for my, my grandmother accusing my grandfather of cheating. <laughs> wow. And just running up here and going, no. 
There is so Get much for me, Frank. to unpack there. And maybe it's, I mean, if you want to talk anymore, but also maybe it's best to just and got back together and divorced and got back together. They're always very passionate. Yeah. Very passionate. And they ultimately stayed with each other until she died um, uh, in um, 1994 or 95, one of the two. I wonder what it was about San Francisco that made her come here. Besides that it wasn't Reseda. <laughs> do you do you know? I I, you know, I don't. I wish I did. I wish I did. So so much of my family has of my dad's side of the family has has died or gone astray. Yeah. So um my um my uncle Carlos who would have the story a little better about my mom. My mom likes to exaggerate stories, so I've had to like verify use journalism verify. Trust parts. but verify. <laughs> yes, I, they they have a saying: if your mom tells you she loves you, uh, trust but verify. Um, when it comes to my mom, anything she tells you, trust but verify. Yeah, because <laughs> she's just she's just a natural born storyteller, which is mm -hmm. um I mean is is kind of where I hope rubbed off on me. Mm -hmm. Um, she likes she 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 never lets the truth get in the way of a good story. So I, I have to, I learned that way to weave things from her, but um, early on I had to learn to make sure that all my facts were straight. Because when I'm verbally telling you a story, I'm like, yeah, there were, you know, there were 20 guys fighting me in that alley. And like, no, 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 no. There's like two guys. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, and no. No, Joe, that was Karate Kid. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was Mr. Miyagi. I had to unlearn that really quick um, in, 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 uh, when learning journalism at first. And it was, a bad, it was a bad habit to have. But I kicked it pretty good, I think. Um, and, uh, but uh, she, so, so, you know, I had, Carlos, Carlos, who could have told me parts of the story, uh, uh, unfortunately died of AIDS in the 90s. My grandmother died of cancer the same year Carlos died. Wow. And then my dad, having been sober for, for some years um, through my childhood, um, thankfully, um, hit the bottle again once his mm. mother and brother, who were both collectively his best friends, yeah. was not, um, he went back on the bottle and then a year or two later he died. So it was, my early childhood was just funeral, funeral, funeral. And, yeah. um, and I think that, that shapes how I see the city a lot. Like mm. I have the old stories of them and they are beloved, but they are also ghosts and they're right. ghosts that I see everywhere in the city, wherever I go. Yeah. Um, and so that, that informs a lot of how I view San Francisco through that emotional prism. And right. so my, my mother and my grandfather raised me after that. Okay. Your grandfather, your dad's dad. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, so, so they got along. Your mom and your grandfather. Oh yeah, they're everything thick right. as thieves. They're thick as cool. thieves. Good friends. I mean, they supported each other so much after all that death. Like, right. you just imagine, just there's just like, you basically lose like uh, yeah. a, a, a third or a third of your family in in the span of a year or two. And uh, yeah, uh, and those were all the ones that lived in San Francisco. Uh, my dad, the rest of my dad's brothers all lived in, uh, one lived back in Puerto Rico and then uh, one lived in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, so um, talk us through, wh like, wh where 
in the city did you grow oh up? gosh we we i grew up in the hard hard scrabble streets of the cow hollow which for those who don't know san francisco very well is part of the marina mm-hmm. um uh and people's first reactions are like oh like the richest area and one of the richest areas in the city and i'm like yes but for those who haven't been there a lot and i don't blame you because it's an obnoxious neighborhood um <laughs> uh, lombard street lombard street is like a strip of poverty in the marina mm-hmm. and and it's where all the slummy hotels are and the um law of prostitution takes place there a lot of um drug deals uh when my buddy first started as a cop he regaled he, he was in the northern district which is basically the marina um and regaled me with tales of all sorts of slummery happening on lombard where we grew up and that's and my dad and mom got an apartment there from some friends of theirs who i believe later also died of aids and um mm-hmm. but uh they they uh they got the apartment there because my mom got a job as a secretary in a law firm across the street. Mm-hmm. My dad worked at a hotel across the street. He was oh. So, you know, they're like, Oh, you got I'll finance yours or something. No, my mom was a, a secretary and my dad is a hotel clerk. So I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Hey, um, and good for them. That's uh, walk to work. It's convenient. Good for the environment. So that is where you grew up. What was Yeah. That? And it's what funny because it? it was, it was, I really credit it with giving me this. It really awoke me to structures um, really early on because like my best two best friends or my three best friends in the neighborhood. One was house housing rich because she was a multi-generational San Franciscan who owned whose family owned a home in the marina, but her family was out of work and dirt poor, like absolutely cash poor. Mm -hmm. And my, my good buddy who's, um, family still lives in the marina now because they live in that same rent control department. His mom was on food stamps and overweight and not working. And my 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 other good buddy and the four of us had this group together. Um, uh, his dad was a San Francisco taxi driver and studying to be a teacher, and now he's a teacher in Sacramento. But so we all lived in this kind of like in the kind of like poor pockets of San Francisco of, of mm-hmm. the marina, mm-hmm. and we would hang out in the cheaper places like there used to be star donuts just like mm. there is on market now yeah um there used to be one on chestnut and uh, in the middle of these fancy fancy neighborhood and we go there for our cheap donuts and milk and sit on the chair out chairs outside and watch all the rich yuppies go by and just wonder at their lives and what it was like and and amaze and marvel at the at the differences between mm-hmm. them and us the contrast. Um, yeah. How yeah. old would you have been in this scene that you're setting, like roughly? Uh, like junior high through high school. Okay. It was like our Friday night ritual um, as soon as we're old enough to leave the house. And the marina is very walkable, like mm. Clement Street, like, you know, Silver, like, you know, any any uh, neighborhood kind of corridor, market corridor yeah. that you have in those neighborhoods. Um, yeah like Irving or, or Terraval and you could just kind of everyone lives around the area you walk down there and and it was just like a place where you really saw a split in how in how they lived and how we lived and I, I it, it very much like informed my worldview for a long time I was, I was and I I had that worldview split again in in the disparities in my my um, high schools 
Although mm-hmm. I will say it was in junior high when I got my first taste of journalism there in the marina. And here's another thing that's funny. So, you know, I often tell people I went to Marina Middle School and mm-hmm. people who haven't spent a lot of time in the city or maybe haven't had a chance to get acquainted with the school system go, oh, it's in the marina. So do a bunch of white kids go there? <laughs> and and I laugh because like, no, 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 no. It's shaped by the buses. It's shaped mm-hmm. by the muni buses. And the two muni buses that terminate right at Marina Middle School or nearby are... Do you know 22. them? The 22. The yeah, 22 has got to be one 22. of them. 22 and is one of them. Not the two, Jackson. No. And not the two, but the terminates nearby, but not like right there. Um, is, uh, go ahead. I don't know. The, 20, the, 30, not, the 30 Stockton. Oh, yeah. The Dirty 30. The Dirty 30. So if you've got kids bussing in on the 22 and the 30, where do you think they're coming from? <clears throat> Chinatown, Chinatown, uh, uh, Western Edition. Yeah, at Bada Bing, you got it. Okay, that's that's where most of the kids are from. Yeah, and so you got a lot of kids of color there. You got a lot of low income kids. Mm-hmm. When you were yeah. talking about uh, sitting on that bench, being and noticing the contrast with your friends, I was going to say that's not even getting into writing Muni, especially oh, the totally. two and seeing those, you know. The, the tour tour to San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, and, and we were Muni kids too, you know, right? Like as soon as we're in junior high, we're on Muni all the time. So we're like seeing the difference. Like, I mean, the Fillmore Western Edition area and and um, the Presidio and Chinatown were the most adjacent neighborhoods to me. And right. um, I guess North Beach too, but for, for whatever reason, I guess I was more attracted to Chinatown. So if I was ever going that mm-hmm. way, I'd ever, I'd probably end up in Chinatown. Right. Um, and so those were the neighborhoods I spent the most time in while I was growing up. You mentioned um, getting, I, I think this is what you said, first starting to get into journalism in junior high. I was going to oh, yeah. ask, just kind of before we talk, like, just kind of generally, what kind of kid you, were you? Like, what, oh, what kind of things were you, you into? I was a huge fucking nerd. You kidding? I was a huge fucking nerd. I was watching... Star Trek and Quantum Leap when I was coming home from school and reruns. Scott and, uh, Bakula. Scott Bakula. <laughs> Scotty B, my man. I got it on Blu-ray. Um, and, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, that was definitely feeding me a lot of thoughts about morality. Those are they're great moral plays, morality plays. And um, my buddies and I all, like, traded books. We had – I. Good books, like American literature, like my next door neighbor, his name was Bill Johansson, uh, elderly man, even when I was a kid. So sadly, he's gone now. But he had his own library in his house. And he was a, he was a, he was a socialist. He actually gave me, he bequeathed me some of them. So I have them on my shelf right here. Nice. Uh, I, uh, the Intelligent Woman's Guide to Socialism and Capitalism. Yes. Uh, Karl Marx, His Life and Works. Uh, got east of Eden, um, Dwight Eisenhower, Crusade in Europe. He had like all this great literature and he introduced me to it when I was young. And so I'd passed it on to my friends. And, and introduced um, you to, you said, to socialism or? Uh, like, not really or, as much, like just okay. the concept that it existed, but he didn't try, right. to, didn't try to indoctrinate me or anything. And, uh, but he also had a typewriter. And so he introduced uh, me to writing. And um, so it was thanks to Bill that I got like interested in in actually writing things and that led me to the marina middle school penguin press which i still have right here yes (laughs) what year is this this is friday december 17 1999 
is oh a broadsheet. It was the only broadsheet, which is a wider newspaper uh, for those who don't know, um, in, in, in junior high schools in San Francisco. And uh, on the very front, I'll show you this, Willie Brown, me and Willie yeah. Brown hanging out. <laughs> oh my God, and it even says the mayor. It even says the mayor. Willie Brown was one of my first interviews ever for, for in journalism as a 11 or 12 year old or whatever you are. So, so awesome. Yeah. So I was, I was, he was coming out of a mayoral forum. Um, right. And he was coming out of our, our, uh, 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 auditorium. And I remember I had a little reporter's notebook. They're slender, right. To, you know, oh, yeah. just for those who don't oh, know, yeah. um, the, the slender notebooks that fit in your back pocket. And I had my little slender notebook and I came after him. I said, Mr. Brown, Mr. Brown, you got a second to speak to the school paper. And he says, oh, my God, they make miniature versions of you vultures now. <laughs> Straight up clowns a child. What, what, an, what an endorsement, though. You're like, Fuck yeah, I made it. <laughs> like, yes, I am a vulture. I'm coming after you, Willie. That's right. It's all dirt. Get ready. That's right. Wow. Years, okay. Years later, I cracked him up with his own joke when I re-met him as an adult. And it was, mm -hmm. it was great. And I have him on, and now I call him all the time, which is really weird. So um, was there, going into being in middle school and starting to write for the paper, before that, was, there, was it just simply like, I'm into books, I like to read papers, or, or was it like, no, I yeah. want to be a writer? Like, uh, no, it was, uh, I, I, want, I liked news. Like, I, I hear from a lot of other people who like get into journalism is that they want to be writers, like they like literature, they like books, they want to write fiction or stories or long form essays and things. I am not a great writer. <laughs> I am a, I am, I've been a journalist for more than seven years now and longer if you count the time as a student. Um, but I will never profess to be a skilled writer. Uh, my scribemanship is, is workmanlike is how okay. I would describe it. It's okay. It's, it, it has, it has, I have structures. I have flourishes. I know I can use, I can spin an emotional tale if I give you the right facts. So in other words, you wanted to write the news. You wanted to tell the news. I wanted to report. Tell you wanted to report. I wanted to report. Yeah. I like the reporting more so than any other part of it. So for me, the format can just be whatever. I just, I just want them to get the news out there. And did you continue to do that in high school? Uh, I took a detour into documentary video. Good. So in a way. Very similar. Similar rail. You, you jumped over to that rail. Yeah. I went, to, I went to Wallenberg High School first and then to Soda, where much like the marina bifurcation, right, where I was watching people with different kinds of lives, I, I really experienced it. Like Wallenberg High School is right behind the, the kind of Geary Mall there, um, like where the Toys R Us used to be, the Mervins. I think I can see it out my window, to be honest. It's, it's right here. <laughs> it, it's a popular skater spot. Yeah. I'm sure you see skaters there all the time. Especially yeah. now, but yeah. I, I would imagine. <laughs> and, uh, and then, uh, and you know, it's at least when I went there, it was, uh, there was only, there was something like 600 students and I think the number of white students could be counted on one hand. Oh, wow. And because I'm mixed and because there's a code switch thing that happens, I was one of them. Like okay. I'm brown skinned and most white people perceive me as non-white. But in a school filled with 
um, mostly Chinese kids, Mexican kids, and a, and a smattering of black kids, I was the white guy. Mm. <laughs> and so, especially because I don't speak with, I even though I grew up with people who do speak with like more like, I don't know how you put it, like urban affectations. You know, <laughs> yo, yo, what's up? Um, uh, I don't speak like that. And, and so I guess I got pegged as the white guy. And then I jumped to school, the arts high school, okay. where, where I did documentary video. And all of a sudden, my brown skin was a lot more visible because everyone around me was either white or Chinese. And, right. and then they were like, hey, who's that brown guy? And I was like, who? <laughs> <laughs> Who? Yeah. You know, I'm Joe Fitzgerald. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm Joseph Arthur William Fitzgerald. Hi. <laughs> what kind of documentaries were you making in high school? Oh gosh, um, what did I make? Um, I, 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 I I did some on homelessness. Um, I did one on a friend who was on um, that turned into more of an experimental kind of deal. It was almost like a sound and visual texture film. Mm. about a friend who is on um, uh, different types of antidepressants and mm. kind of seeing and imagining things. Um, I worked uh, on a, that I started just as I was getting out of high school on a, um, a feature length documentary um, as an editor, a video editor uh, on a documentary about uh, kind of kids growing up in San Francisco and Oakland to kind of were either touched by or, 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 perpetrated gang violence and mm. then decided to pull away from that life and scene by embracing music mm. most mostly hip-hop okay and um yeah stuff like that it was fun. everything and, all those stories are yeah that you just mentioned sounded journalistic to me <laughs> they really do right that. it's um it's re- reportorial if you will yeah and that's how i kind of got came around the bend back like just like you're saying it was very much the same so you know at one point in city college um i'm somehow i forget how it happened met this fellow by the name of alex emsley and alex emsley uh was the editor of uh the city college paper the guardsman and i was in, in my early 20s and kind of taking too long at city college not really sure what I wanted to do and working two different jobs while also taking classes so I could pay my rent mm-hmm. and um, yeah, also including editing that documentary, which took mm-hmm. a few years. And, uh, and he said, Hey, do you want to do video for our college newspaper? And I said, sure. He said, well, okay, we also need um, some coverage of this rally downtown. Can you do that? I'm like, sure. I've, done that in life i guess as a child (laughs) and and um alex was my first editor and he was my editor at the city college newspaper the guardsman and now that i'm joining kqed uh this week he is an editor at kqed full circle (laughs) small circle yeah tiny world of san francisco tiny world of san francisco me and alex emsley will be reporting again (laughs) so was that uh assignment is that what got you back? If they got back, got you back into journalism? Yeah, City College's journalism department is great because they, there's no structure. It's so fucking loosey goosey. <laughs> no one, you're you're just fucking doing it. You're just doing it. They're right. like, here, journalism is when you write things and it's news and it's true and you write it at the top. <laughs> and that's called lead. And now you kind know enough. <laughs> you know enough. Right. 
go out there. I'm shoving you this way and go report some things. And in a few months, you get the hang of it. And yeah. all the, it's like the, all the students are running the show and the students are between 20 and 50. I had like former investment banker classmates yes. who were like on midlife crises and like, I'm going to discover journalism and like single moms and veterans and you've seen the show. Ages. You've seen the show community, right? Oh, hell yeah. It was yeah, very okay. much like that. It's <laughs> yeah. very much like that. It's so, yeah, but you had versions of all those people and, and it's such a motley crew and it teaches you so much. It's so amazing. When they sent um, you out the way that they would, would 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 they give you press badges at least? Yeah. Hell okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. Hell yeah! No, it's not they, just they, like they, fight your way to the front. It's like no, but they they but they like they're like basically like you are a person with interest in journalism. I will teach you the barest bones of basics. <laughs> now go do it twenty times, and then we'll teach you how to really do it. I mean, and, that kind of works. Yeah. It totally works. It okay. absolutely works. It has totally changed how i view teaching because i was a i was at the time a artist in residence at the school of the arts high school where i attended oh, right and and i had just started uh when i was i think 20 and uh and so i was teaching kids who some of the whom were my classmates and some of right. them were not um in like video editing techniques both okay. technical and theoretical like here's the program and how to teach yourself the program and then also, here is the concepts of why you make certain edits. Here's like, you know, um, contrasting two different scenes in order to make a point to juxtapose mm -hmm. them, right? Um, uh, here, here's why you might want to linger on a shot versus cutting very quickly. Um, here's where you might want to use a close-up versus a long shot. Why would you, why would you use that? that longer wider take that you have mm -hmm. um, like the the concepts behind it right and, and, the and I structure yeah instead of the technical and I would structure the classes in terms of when these concepts were pioneered in film history so we'd start oh. with with like silence and like silent the silent era and no edits and then we go to D.W. Griffith's birth of a nation and like oh right here's the first time we see a close-up really popularized and here's, and then also, D.W. Griffith is a racist bastard, but <laughs> this is the first time we see a close-up. Let's talk about both. <laughs> and, and, and then, but I was very influenced by that City College class that taught me journalism so easily um, later on. And so I changed my workshops at SOTA, which I'd already been doing for a few years. And I based, or two years maybe at that point, and I was like, okay, you know what? let's teach you a concept and just throw you out there and you just go do it. And then we'll talk more about what that concept is and means once you're back and we review everything. And it really, it worked really well. Those, those kids became so, and I'm not trying to like, you know, put myself up, but like the, the, the concept worked so well that the kids were so well prepared and practiced making movies so much that by the time they went to college, they were like running circles around their college peers. And it was amazing. I mean, one, yeah. No. One of, one of my students, by the way, was Joe Talbot, the director of Last of Black Man of San Francisco, of and he. And it's amazing that they that some of them went so far and some of them yeah. did so much. I just love that. That was Joe Fitzgerald Rodriguez. Check back Thursday for part two, when Joe will tell us all about his life as a professional journalist covering San Francisco. 
Music for Storied San Francisco is by Otis McDonald. Photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. The show is hosted and produced by me, Jeff Hunt. Our website is storiedsf.com, where you can browse more than 100 episodes and help support us by buying merch from our store. Also, for a limited time, we're giving 50% of our proceeds to the Give to SF Fund, which helps out San Franciscans in need during the coronavirus shelter-in-place. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. If you see an option to rate and review what we do, we'd sure appreciate it. And if you have any feedback or people you think should be on the podcast, our email is storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy and stay safe.